Welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Oscar Ramirez, Lassa Malinen, Janesha Gandhi, and Bakit Ada Reliva. I think that's how I say that, <laughs> uh, to discuss at what point do you let go of a project? Before we delve deeper into the topic in question, let's go around the room with some small introductions. Janesha, do you want to kick us off? Hi everyone, my name is Janesha Gandhi and I work as a content producer at Redmi Games. I've been in the industry for almost 10 years and super excited to be part of this podcast. Perfect. Uh, Bakit? Hey, I'm Bakit. Uh, I'm a head of player experience at Rovio Entertainment uh, and currently on sabbatical. Um, I've been in the Finnish gaming industry for uh, nine plus years now. Uh, I've worked at different uh, games from small to big uh, in companies like Supercell, EA, Playraven and uh, Armada Interactive. So I'm looking forward to our discussions today. Oscar. Hey, uh, I'm Oscar. I'm a senior brand manager from uh, UE right now, Ubisoft Stockholm actually. I've been in gaming almost six years. Uh, no, and thank you for having me again. <laughs> Happy to <laughs> talk with all of you. It's my pleasure, Oscar. Uh, and finally, and not least, Lasse. Oh, hi, yeah. So I'm Lasse. I work at uh, Coolsmithy Games as a lead producer, game designer, and really anything that needs to be done. A small indie company. The newest, newest on the bunch, two years of experience, and I'll be happy to gain some new knowledge here and share what I've learned in this short time. Perfect. Uh, so now that we've got a context to everyone, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement on the finding out at which point we let go of projects. So we're going to go around the room asking everyone to pose your question and the reason that you're asking it as well. Everyone will have their own opportunity to give their uh, take on the situation. So let's start with Janesha. So the question I had and I wanted to know everyone's opinion on was uh, how do you assure quality in a tight uh, timeline and budget? So the reason I asked this question is because, you know, a lot of times most of most of our games, are, uh, most of the games we want to create are very ambitious and uh, we tend to get really deeply involved in making that dream come true. And I feel we also sideline quality because, you know, because like I said, we, we love the idea and we want to put everything inside. So we give people a really good player experience. And at times this really, you know, in the long run, it, it boils down to killing your dream or killing your game. Because if the quality is bad or the game is not playable, it's just it just doesn't make sense to ship it. So I wanted to know, what everyone in the room had to say about this. Yeah, so uh, my approach to this has been the uh, MVPs, the MVPs, so the minimum viable product is the most important part in this, uh, in reaching a good product. I think both, yeah, even this doesn't mean minimum viable doesn't mean it just like barely works. It might mean it has to be a certain quality before you can go through with it. And uh, keeping keep visiting it every week or every other week, depending on how of the budget is a tight schedule it is uh we we have done a few like uh three month games and uh in those we have to do, keep going back to it every every single week keep talking like do we need to keep this is this still working do we throw this away or do we do anything with those I, that is for me like the uh, core of my, how i approach uh, these tight deadlines yeah i think it's a uh quite a difficult uh, question <laughs> and it really depends on the teams as well and uh, I think with uh, 
pretty much all the teams I worked with, they always go into this discussion, you know, what is quality, how you know, far do we go with it, uh, you know, what is more important. Um, you know, MVP, as uh, Lasse said, you know, that's always, to define that is always, I think, important. Um, and really try to balance uh, quality and really going forward with the project because if you don't consider quality and you go with the bare minimum uh, just to get the functions out, it's great. You can get some feedback already, but then the feedback feedback might not be as good uh, if it's lacking some quality. So it's it's always uh, like a give and take and uh, you know a discussion so everyone in the team understands that you need to have this kind of uh, you know set understandings of okay this is the quality we're trying to reach and this is the goal we're trying to reach uh, you know to really uh, test it out what we need in order to succeed uh, to be uh, on schedule and on budget because you know once you run out of those then <laughs> there's not much you know, uh, time or, you know, money uh, left to spend. So it's, I think it's good to keep those um, kind of boundaries, uh, no matter what it is, but try to give the best out to the players on the testing times so they, get, they can get the best idea what the game is about, uh, you know, with the quality, with the minimum viable like features and what the game is about. So I think that's, you know, having a good balance and um, identification and understanding from the team. Cool. Like it, it's, it's hard to compliment or say something when you feel that everyone said what you wanted to say as well. But like from my side, I think it's really important when you're working on something since, you know, I've been always been working more from the brand side. It's just try to manage the expectations and, you know, and scope the project properly like you know right now it's all about communication with players if you have a plan when you part of that plant is built transparent with the people who's going to be consuming this i think everything is going to be okay like i don't know stage one we're going to do this because it's impossible that we can do all that we want uh, at the same time it's just like sometimes it's it's really impossible a lot of things happen in, 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 in when you are working in the project. So I think, how do you scope that, and how do you follow like a release plan or like a content plan, or like features plan to the future? I think that is that is something that has been helps a lot because, as everyone was saying before, you have someone have big dreams. You want to do these massive things that sometimes you end up realizing that it's not like uh, it's not real. So it's better just like have your dream but how i'm going to build that dream step by step on in and how much time that is going to take and just kind of scope the project properly and managing expectations as well and i think one of the things that is really important to know is realizing to who are you for who are you making this for and that is going to help you to understand as well the the the, the, the people the players in, in general so that's how i kind of i i feel that should be a way to 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 work with schedule or budget or whatever. In in addition to those, uh, Oscar talked about uh, a tool I don't use often enough. Often enough is the vertical slice uh, for uh, getting the quality bar, as Paki and Janesha both talked about. Uh, getting a vertical slice done early in production. I uh, heard that uh, Remedy, they made a uh, control. They added 
really early into production. And uh, it, it, it does show it did not dive, differ a lot from the uh, uh, finished product. And uh, it was fantastic to see how well they could see in front of them how high the quality bar was and then see how much work goes into that. And then they can extrapolate from that to the whole project with a few years it takes. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I really liked what everyone had to say. And, uh, and even from my perspective, like, honestly, what I would also do is, you know, like you mentioned, I said, uh, plan a minimum viable product or plan your game in phases and keep testing it, keep doing play tests, getting a lot of feedbacks to see that, okay, are you meeting the quality bar or, or is the crux of your game being, you know, worked on? Do people like it instead of dragging it on for one or two years and burning money and time and suddenly it just gets killed and, you know, it hurts more that time. So, so thank you for all the answers. Fantastic. Thank you for that, guys. Uh, Oscar, I'm going to pass the microphone, so to speak, to you. Great. Awesome. My, I, I think I, I had two questions, but I felt that this one it was the best one. Like, what uh, what do we feel like a sign that is time or like what makes you feel that is kind of time to let go in that case, like the project? Or not time to let go. We don't want to just kind of be like... Uh, that sub how do you feel that it's time to just okay what are we doing is going in the wrong direction what do we do do we just rethink this or we just delete everything and we start from scratch what are for you those kind of signs that you are uh, that you pick uh for me uh as coming on a shorter like smaller company instead uh where we're doing uh stuff like if if i during the week if i don't like when i'm going to bed if i don't at least like once or twice a week if I don't like realize like hey this is a good idea to continue on to this if I if I don't get that like spontaneous it keeps coming back to my mind in a positive light I see that it's not substantial at all but as a feeling wise that is when I start second guessing myself and start asking uh, the rest of the team like how, how, how do you do with this like I'm, I'm not seeing the spark I'm not getting we're keeping on the same idea and I keep getting can't keep getting forward on that uh, on the more substantial one, I guess uh, start seeing uh, production levels drop in, uh, in if the whole team is not completely in on it. Start seeing like week after week, the production keeps going a bit slower, a bit slower, a bit slower. Uh, or we keep keep going to the same thing over and over again after each week and like still doesn't feel good no matter what you do. Yeah, I mean, you know, once a project is kicked off and it's on the flow, we have like certain goals and we know by when we need to release it. So it's about evaluating also every few months or every few production build life cycles that how it's going. You know, it's not only about creating a feature that works, but it's about making sure that it makes sense also to what was initially planned. And things don't get broken. So the more you put things in a game, the more complicated it gets, you know, down the line, because it gets heavier and you there are more problems that arise. So you need to make sure that, okay, I mean, you need to see that these kind of issues don't come. But if it keeps happening, like, for example, for example, if it keeps happening where even your team doesn't feel motivated enough to come and solve that problem, I think that is a very big sign because the people who work on that 
are also you know they have also given up that yeah nothing's going to happen and it's going to be a piece of shit at the end of the day or it's going to just get deleted and we aren't going to ship it if they only lose that hope and motivation you know you're in you know you're in big trouble and from i think a higher management or a stakeholder point of view it's it's a lot about money as well because a lot of money goes into making a game it's not cheap so we even have to prove you know to the people who are pumping in that kind of cash that yeah it's going in the right direction and these are the builds that we are making and the play tests are really good but at some point when they also see that you know there is no traction from the development team and it's the same mistakes that are happening the same problems are coming you will just get that feedback that yeah maybe this is not the correct way to go yeah that's i completely agree with those points that you raised um i think it's uh, obviously as as uh, janesha said there are certain goals and plan uh, laid out before you know launching any product for testing or soft launching um once you've tried out all those in the plan uh you know try to get all the feedback from the players try to get all the numbers hit um, all the goals and those are not quite there yet it's a obvious sign that okay the something is not working of course there's always things that you could improve and try more but then i think another point janesha you point out that you know the team morale is really important uh, when the team starts getting to really you know get tired of the <laughs> maybe project or that they've tried everything and they've been just building features or uh, new features again and again and we're not quite hitting the numbers we're not getting quite as many good feedback or as much feedback and uh, and numbers hit that is the clear sign that you know it is time to start thinking of wrapping things up um and another big thing i think is the learning because uh, no matter what it is i think even when the pro- project fails the there are big learnings and you can use that for the next project or for for your you know uh, own good teams good for the companies good and once all those learnings have stopped i think it's a very clear sign that okay time to move yeah. on but it is really hard to of course convince and you know communicate and really get, get, give up because when team has worked so hard and they have given their all it's a really really difficult i think uh, process to go through but you know such as business <laughs> and life <laughs> i mean I, i i agree with you that if you can learn something like i remember i was working on a project and you know i i did a retrospective with my team and i asked them what do you think of the game and they were so honest and they were our biggest critics and everyone mm-hmm. you know no one was like that happy and uh, then i went and i told other people and then everyone got Uh, you know everyone was in the loop the senior management and everyone knew and uh, and i appreciated that that they said the truth that they don't believe in it so you know that the motivation is okay we are doing a job and we want to do our best but your team also needs to believe in the project that it's going to work out at the end of the day yes absolutely 
Yes, and the player feedback is so huge as well. Is really measuring uh, the players, what players are saying the right way and delivering it to the team, I think is so important. And, you know, for the most, most part of my career, I was that person that collects all the feedback, you know, getting all the, the one who communicates with players and, uh, you know, delivering it to the team, getting the idea of what the players think about the game. So I think it's it's absolutely, um, you know, necessary and really giving that uh, rights um, kind of report and synthesis so they have the good picture uh, about the, the game overall and the test overall uh, with the team as well. Well, thank you very much for your answers. I think, uh, again, it's really it's really helpful because as everyone has their kind of different, uh, you know, different departments and different experience uh, insights, which is really cool. So, yeah, thank you so much for it. Amazing. Uh, so next question is going to be Bahit. Oh, yes. So my question that I was really curious to know uh, how you do it in, in your projects and how you've done it in your previous projects is that uh, how do you deal with players who have become like really hardcore fans of the game that you have built? And that the project that's failing, and you know, you're gonna kill or you you've killed. What do you do, uh, you know, with uh, with that player community? Because personally, um, uh, when I worked with that kind of project that we had to kill, and you know, that were that didn't go so that didn't do so well, that was something very heartbreaking in a way because you know there are some really hardcore fans. They love the game and they've been playing day and night and. They've invested so much time and uh, so much money um, that, you know, they're really sad. <laughs> so, of course, we've done some, you know, strategies on how to deal with them, you know, giving uh, some, you know, last minute gifts so they can play as much as they can. And, uh, you know, these kind of things. But what, what do you do? So I've seen uh, so in my past previous experiences, also, I have seen that, you know, some games where, uh, where the players are very passionate about it, releasing and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're super happy. But, you know, but because the project was still not there yet or the game was still not there yet, they had to tell the players that, sorry, we need to delay it a bit more, a bit more. And some people did get frustrated, but I think it's better to be honest and to just, you know, you don't need to tell them the project is failing. <laughs> you can just be very politically correct in a lot of places and tell them that, okay, we don't think the game is there yet for you guys to play or to, you know, to share that experience with you. We need more time. And people will appreciate it more than, you know, than you shipping a broken game. Like, we all know what happened to Cyberpunk when it released. It was a game even I was waiting for, like, a lot to play Cyberpunk. But when it released, they faced so much backlash because the game's quality was not up to the mark in the sense they had a lot of, you know, game crashes and the game was always going in loops. And what's the point of losing your goodwill and shipping a broken game, even though even though players want it? It's just better to be a bit honest and buy more time and work on making it better. Or if you have to kill the game, 
you can share a politically correct honest <laughs> answer to them that why we are doing this yeah that's yeah that's i think that's really good approach i agree with that yeah what about you lasten oscar yeah yeah so i i i do agree with the honesty i think there's no uh, in communications there's you have to be concise clear and no backtracking i think is pretty much those things the ones uh you don't have to get into too much on anything, no details, as as Junesha said. Uh, politically correct answer on this, why it's, uh, why it's not working out. Uh, of course, like the solution, not a solution straight up, but of course you want to uh, be able to make these decisions before you reveal the game in most cases. I mean, of course, it's not possible, and many in live service games nowadays, you literally can't cancel it before it's been there for multiple years. Uh, I don't personally have experience either as a player or, or dev as shutting down this. Really, I've played, uh, I actually don't remember the name of it anymore, but I did, it did cancel out, they did sunset. Sunset the game, I felt a bit sad. I wasn't super into it yet. I didn't spend a lot of money. But if, uh, let's let's call it League of Legends here, I'm, I'm a bit too much of an avid player on that. So if, if that would sunset in the next few years, I, I would be probably pretty upset. I've spent so much time and money on that, but I can't imagine the feeling back then. So I think I'll have to just see when we're actually starting getting any of these really huge ones, let's say Fortnite or any of those when they shut down. I think then we'll start actually seeing like how the big fans or the big, so to speak, the big boys will do it in uh, in this case. How, how, will they, how will we see the fans react to that? Okay. That's, I mean, again, everyone is saying something cool, so this is 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 hard to come up with uh, with a new thing. But again, I, I unfortunately, and I, I won't say unfortunately in this case, I never been in the situation that I have to kill the game. But I was in kind of in something like that. In in my time in Starbreeze, we face a situation where we have to go into reconstruction because a project failed. And one of our big games, it was Payday 2. And by that time, the company was doing so well that we had the great idea of saying, from now on, all the DLCs are going to be free. You don't have to pay for anything. Cool. Then a year later, we face the stuff when we need money because otherwise the company was going to go to bankruptcy. So that stuff, it was like, okay, how do you undo a promise of like to hardcore players or hardcore fans because like Payday 2 has a huge like super loyal community and they're really into the game so they they, they love it so how do we come out and say to the people they're going to get everything for free then now you're going to have to pay for stuff again so it, that it was the, the the challenge with hardcore players but again comes from the things that we were saying before mm-hmm. we have we have built a, a relationship with the community when we were super transparent about all the things that we were doing. So that time, for when that time came for us, it was pretty much saying that, guys, you know, this happened at the studio. This is a situation that we are facing, but we're going to have to, if you want to keep playing this game that everyone loves and we love as well, we're going to have to change some things. And we, we kind of told them, we're going to make DLCs, but not just DLC because we have to. We show them that we're going to kind of create a new content. We're going to add new stories. So everything was going to make sense for them. So I think, again, the, the, the more the more information that you give to the players, I think in this case is the, 
is the best. I've been as well on the situation that I, the, a game that I play is being canceled. And it was, um, I think it was called Paragon. It was like a MOBA on, on PlayStation that you would be, it was made by Epic. I played the game for like a year and they just closed it out of nowhere. Like, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to put the people working here into Fortnite. So fuck this game. And it was like, you, you could smell that something was happening because every update, they were changing how the game was played. So you could smell that they were like improvising a lot. Every update, it was like you have to learn to how to play the game again. You see like, okay, something is not going well here because they're just trying new things and, and, and whatever. But yeah, communication, I think. They just closed the game out of nowhere. And I was, okay, I put a lot of money in skins here that I'm not going to get back. But I did actually. <laughs> they were just having the the time of their life with Fortnite. Probably Epic was swimming in money, and they they said, "If you spend money on the game, send us the bills, and we will pay you back." And they pay me all the money. <laughs> so it was like an an investment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, was, I, yeah. Thanks for that, that, that I'm interested, Oscar. Actually, um, so you say there with uh, Payday too, obviously. There was a promise made and then you kind of had to backtrack a little bit. But at that point, you'd already had a really loyal and hardcore fan base because of the previous stuff you've done. Uh, and then you said you were completely honest with the community. How was the, the feedback from the community? Did, did things, you know, was that fine with them? Uh, how, how was the reaction there? Yeah, I think it was most like a positive sentiment from the community. It's really... Uh, again, we we were trying to to be honest with them. It's not that like even I remember our CEO made a letter and we shared the CEO letter like on Steam or on Discord and whatever. So it was kind of and it was not this kind of corporate letter from a CEO that you felt that it was a script. No, it was kind of for these real words about like the situation is really affecting the company we lost a lot of like people that unfortunately we had to let them go because of the situation of the studio and we would love to just keep doing this because we care about the the game and everyone working on that game it was particularly like super super passionate i think it, that is a thing on, on, on games as well something that i that i've been seeing more in gaming than uh, in other places that I've been that I've been worked before, like agencies, like when you work in game, it's a certain connection because it's something that you are kind of building, you know, in in this this kind of sense of proud of pride that you are you really want to get things done and make people happy or probably have someone make someone feel the same that you did when you finish a game. I don't know. I think it's something really special when you work with games. And I think when you share that passion or that uh, thing with the players and you make them part of that of that uh, journey, things are easier for you. In this case, for us, it wasn't bad. We didn't have to just like, um, sorry, guys, or whatever. We just came out like, you know, clean and, and said what, what really happened. And it was well received. Yeah, that's great. Um, I can completely, you know, agree with that. And uh, that's how we've done as well. That And that's what I've learned as well, that, you know, it's always, always good to be honest with, your, with the players and, you know, have good communication because in the end they are the, you know, main audience. They love the game if they're playing and actually writing and sending feedback. 
um, you know, they see in a way the game developers as they're like idols, <laughs> you know, they're like they're very passionate and they love the game developers. So when they get this honest, honest uh, communication and, you know, they feel like they have, they are listened to, they really respond well in in my experience as well and last time when uh, when um last year we uh, had to kill uh, our project at at rovio hardhead squad i don't know if you've anyone uh, played but you know we had such uh, the hardcore players and among those players we had during soft launch so it was re it was really sad to see their messages all the time you know we had this like in game chat where I was, you know, uh, looking through the chats on the last days after it was announced and after the uh, when it was uh, shut down. And, uh, you know, they, they really loved the game. They were spending so much time and they have, you know, become friends with each other, you know, working in guilds together and and things like that. So but really, uh, you know, having a good communication and uh, telling them what is actually the deal, the reasons and uh, uh, reasons why uh, I think it it was you know good perception. Of course, it's always a sad time, but uh, you know as uh, all of you mentioned that the, I think that's 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 the way to go. And I'm really glad to hear also uh, you know an example from Payday that you know that that was such a good experience as well from the from a player's perspective of getting uh, your favorite game shut down. So thanks for the answers. I still had a comment about it, which was, uh, yeah, so back to the uh, planning or an honesty thing was kind uh, of upfront. We do have roadmaps to usually share, uh, or a lot of game companies do, but uh, you'd have more of a specific, like we're ready to support this game for, if, if it's not a live as a service game, of course, uh, we're going to support this for the next two big patches are planned, and after that, we'll see what happens. Uh, is a more uh, another like honest way to approach it from the forefront if you're not ready to stand behind the game like unless something big happens of course but it is a new possibility to uh approach and see how it could work and that's a nice uh, segue into your question there then Lasse. yeah so my question is after you killed your darlings uh can you resurrect them or can you only build them from their parts parts of their corpses like Frankenstein. And that really is the question. So when we uh, cancel the project, I both feel like I should start making it again at some point. But I also think that I shouldn't wholesale start it again, but I should only take the ideas and build upon those. Uh, which do you guys think would be a better thing? Like, is it going to be solid from the last one? Do you just have, still have the bad memories of cutting it? Having to cut it out, this is not, you're going to have to work from the same thing. Are you going to get stuck in the same place? Or will you get uh, new visions by Frankensteining it? Which do you guys think would be better? I can, I don't know. I think depends on on how do you how do you tackle the situation? I, I, I again, unfortunately, or <laughs> I was unfortunately, I never I never find myself in 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 that situation. But I again, I enjoy a game that did something like that. I think, I don't know if you know, what Final Fantasy XIV online, before it was released, it was released like a really, it was really bad. And they grabbed the feedback from the players 
they have the feedback from the from the community and they kind of dedicate they change like producers they put like another people and they just gather all that knowledge and then a couple of years later they came up with the same product but called final fantasy 13 or like a realm reborn it was pretty much an upgrade of what they had before and how they and how they pack everything it's just helped them to be i don't know right now is one of the most successful mmos so far i think it's over World of Warcraft right now, and I think they just keep growing. And that is something, a good example of something that it went bad the first time, and they <laughs> they grabbed some pieces and they resurrected, like uh, <laughs> like something like something completely new, but with the same principle. So I think it, it was again based. They took the learning, they heard the people, and they kind of said, okay, they admit what was wrong. Of course, you need to, that is the first thing, uh, accepting that, that, that you have a problem. As they say. <laughs> when, you, when you acknowledge that you have a problem, then everything is get easier. I think it's the same that is facing uh, or what is happening with, with Cyberpunk right now. They had a really bumpy start and they've been kind of working hard and doing the best they can. And now actually is kind of close to the game that they promised. But they didn't kill it. I think they had faith and they just want to keep trying and, and make people happy. And I don't know, I think it was last week that it was like the, the, the amount of players that they came back to the game, it was bumping to like a million, I think it was something more. And, and, and the sales of the game went up. But of course, I think a lot of that it was bumped by the anime they released on, on Netflix. But then again, it's been like they just keep working. They didn't leave it there and just move to the next one. Like, uh, but then again, you have the same example, but do it wrong in the same company. Like, for example, Square Enix has been releasing games that they've been killing, like, a lot, you know? Like, the Babylon's Fall, not even a year, they kill it. Now they kill the Final Fantasy Battle Royale game on on, on mobile. It's gone, not even a year there, gone again. So, I, I don't know, I think everything depends on who is working, how much do, do they hear the, the, the people, and uh, again, acknowledging that you have a problem is the first thing. And ask for help. <laughs> yeah, uh, Final Fantasy was a fantastic example. I completely forgot it's existing. It was a fantastic launch. I, I didn't play the original, but I did play the remake, and, and it was really good. Or the relaunch, rather. It was, it was really fantastic. Good example. Yeah, I think it really depends. You know, um, it, I think there has been cases where the games are, or thought to be, that the games are launched uh, ahead of, ahead of the, their time, or... Uh, you know, some things didn't work and there's always hope that maybe it will, it will you know, have a better perception from players, uh, you know, testing it again at some point. But it really depends, I think, on the goal. Like, what is the next goal after you, you know, killed your darling, killed your game? Uh, what is the next thing that you want to work on? Is it something that you want to... Uh, build a similar game or are you building a completely di different project that you want to reuse certain assets, certain tech, certain, you know, features from the same game. So, and depending on that goal, I think you can relaunch the same thing <laughs> with a different, <laughs> different, uh, I don't know, art or, uh, or just take the game and take parts of it and use it in the in the in the next game because you know the when you are when you build a, uh, the game and especially soft, soft launched it uh, there's so much work that's been done 
so many things that have been built that I think it's always a good idea to use some of the, you know, the tech, for example, is always a good idea uh, to, uh, you know, build some of the, I mean, to use some of the art. And I've worked with uh, game teams who've done that to really like took some parts of it in, in the next projects to really reuse some of the assets. And I think that's that's great to really uh, redistribute and reuse resources uh, because then you're not you're not wasting some of the things that you've already built and you've spent time and energy and money on it. So I think it really depends on the and on the goal. And I've had a I've actually uh, I've seen um, I think I can I don't know if I can share it, but uh, I will just uh, say it as an example that you know. Uh, I've I've seen a game that was released a long time ago, and then the team tried to, um, uh, you know, someone else from the company tried to actually retest it because they la it, it was actually really well made and good game, and that was I don't I can't remember how many years ago they uh, tested it, launched it, and it didn't work, didn't have the right perception, so the game was you know uh, killed and put in a shelf. And then later on, uh, someone said, hey, how about re we retest it? Because there has been some similar games in the market. Maybe this time, after this many years, maybe we'll have a good perception. Maybe players will love it. I mean, let's try. And uh, they got a goal and they got a green light from the leadership, from the teams to, uh, you know, release it. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately didn't. So, you know, I think it's it's worth a try. <laughs> and I was really like, I think a lot of people were very happy to actually try it and see, you know, what, what happens. But uh, unfortunately, in this case, it was so that it didn't it didn't do well. So they had to <laughs> take it down again. So, yeah. So from my perspective, I think it's important to know why, you know, why your game failed or why you let go of the project to really remember those points and to retrospect a bit. And even when you shelf a game, it doesn't mean that you've killed it completely. You still have the code, you still have the data. It's just not being worked on. So you've like, you know, it's sleeping for some time and uh, you can always go back to it and uh, replay it again, review it again and see that, okay, it, it doesn't make sense to still go ahead with what we had planned or should we change our perspective? Should we change the game direction, the story? Or does it make more sense to take inspiration from the game that we shelved in terms of, you know, reusing the characters and changing them a bit, reusing the locations, reusing maps? And you can always add new content in it to like, you know, to give it a new twist. So that's the beauty of making video games. You can you can reuse a lot also internally within companies. And I know some companies, they do it really, really well and they get away with it. And it's there's nothing wrong with that for sure. But um, I mean, uh, another example that Oscar gave is that cyberpunk has resurrected themselves so well. What, I mean, the backlash they faced when they released and today, it is, it's actually doing really well. So there's a lot to learn from how they evolved from, you know, a game that was failing so badly. And now, okay, now again, players have confidence and trust in them. It takes time. 
but i think they listened to their players that was the main thing that they did they listened and they took their feedbacks in and they tried you know giving them the experience they wanted and they pushed more and they focused more on quality i assume that that's what that's what must be, that's what happened but uh, but yeah these are my thoughts and this was a nice question i say so thank you yeah, no problem uh, i was like Really interesting to hear your all your thoughts on it. And yeah, I, I do agree with uh, I think Bakir talked about the uh, recycling, and I think actually Janesha also also talked about like they don't they don't disappear. We still have them. We can keep coming back to them. We can check out what works in this. Is there anything we can get make from this, and so on. And, and fantastic examples overall. And uh, uh, Cyberpunk, I I was one of the lucky ones. I my game did not crash at all at launch. I had pretty much a perfect experience. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I hope I will enjoy it again soon. When I forgot most of the story, I can get to play it. So it'll be it'll be great to see. Perfect, uh, and I think that's an excellent opportunity to leave it there. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank all of my guests, uh, Bakit, Oscar, Ginesha, and Lassa, for providing your insights into the topic. And thanks everybody for listening. Um, if you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com and we will see you all next time.